Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry. My name, Dave Clay. Sorry, Carolyn. My name, Dave Clay, and with me, Carolyn Barnett, or we're interchangeable, they say now. Okay. With Carolyn, Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. So you know what today is? No, you can't do that because what happens is, I don't know, what happens is though, somebody hears the podcast this and it true. may be Christmas Day and then what you've done is you've completely, totally gotten I'm them all it. out of the okay. spirit of Christmas. See, I knew I would go to Christmas because <laughs> the Christmas Day really relates to you. Yes, well, if you're happening to listening to it on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. I'm the Grinch. Um, if you're happy to listen to it on any... Are you the Grinch only on Christmas Day, David? Well, you, you know what? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> that was the whole point, Carolyn. You accuse me of being the Grinch all the time. Anytime you get I a chance. Not. You I do not. I like to tease you no matter what day it is or what holiday it is. But, you know, I... Uh, I think today is a holiday but and you're you're awful festive today i must say i'm festive every day i, have, I get my clothes out of a box they mail them to me by wardrobe <laughs> carolyn i've got these neighbors uh-oh i do and i am sure I of one thing okay they are spies they've moved in maybe about six months ago they really don't talk to anybody in the neighborhood they're pretty young they're spies. It's a man and a woman. Well, there was this movie I saw with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie mm-hmm. that they were, they weren't spies. They were like killers or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Assassins. Assassins. That's it. <laughs> I don't know that they're assassins, although I thought about that. And every time I walk the dogs by their house, I get this really eerie feeling that somehow they're in there plotting something. Uh, and I can't really, at this point, I have not really proven it totally, mm-hmm. but I don't know that's mine to prove. I, I understand that you can call the police, and the police will come out and take a look at that, and uh, maybe put them, I watched this on TV too once, put them, movies, TV, mass media, they'll put them under surveillance, yes. and then, and I think they call it a stakeout. Mm-hmm. Yes, or whatever they you call it. You can do your own stakeout. Uh, I watched another movie about that, and the guy that did the stakeout actually uh-huh. got killed. I do not want anything okay, well, to do, do that, with then. spies, uh, assassins. Just leave it to the police. Then. Leave, leave the police. So I think I'm going to call them. Here's my question to you. Okay. And our podcast. And you know, I like this kind of stuff too because I'm into spies. So <laughs> should I? Should you call the police and have them? Checked on to see if they're spies. Hmm, that's a good question. I guess it depends on whether or not you feel threatened by them. Well, obviously. <laughs> well, because obviously there must be a bell going off somewhere. Well, right, but if hmm, that, that's they're not the Incredibles. I've seen that movie too. The Incredibles are great because they're like a great family right. and they got kids. This is not, these are not the it's Incredibles. Not, it's not the Americans. Like, what is that show where they're really Russian spies or something like that? So. You watch way too. <laughs> I mean, of course, as you could I, tell or listeners I, could tell, I've been over the top, but you like really do watch a lot of stuff. I, no, not really. I've seen it advertised. I see a lot of things, but I don't, I don't watch a lot of things. I like to be in the know, but you know. Um, I was kind of impressed by all the movies you said you watched. I didn't think you watched that many movies. I, well, how I'm old impressed. am I? <laughs> this is, like, this is yeah. like an accumulation of Over all the, the years. years. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know. I guess the question would be, hmm, if you felt like you had some kind of evidence, maybe, if, that you thought they were up to no good. Oh, it's in me, though. You can't, I mean, seriously, you can't deny, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't deny the fact that I thought this, or I would not be telling you this, right? Or I would not have invested this much well, thought. I mean, and I get what you're saying is that there's some, I think I'm taking what you're saying, there's some basis to it somewhere besides movies and TV. Uh, I don't know. Well, if, yeah, there's real spies, but I, well, my question is do we call the police on every person that we think is a spy? Probably not, unless they live next door to you. <laughs> Right or or you know I've talked to folks they thought that the spies were in their family, 
And, oh, now that's interesting. Yeah, and and you know again, like verges that. on the abnormal, the unusual, the atypical. But I do believe that inside of us, there's a certain degree of paranoia. <laughs> And where does it come from? We've been lied to. We've been cheated upon. It's not all the movies and TV programs right. we watched our whole life over all these years. It's just the realities of our life. Last podcast, a couple podcasts ago, we talked about offenses. We've all had them. People have heard us. Right. And we even asked kind of that same question. Well, how do you know this one's going to do it? And that's the point. How do you well, know this one's not going do to you do think, it? And I didn't I say going to. I said not going to. Another question would be is, do you... <laughs> Uh, maybe this is kind of selfish sounding, but if you think they're spying on you, might be different than spying on somebody else. Oh, they're spies. I used to worry somebody was going to break in our house and kill us. I know that's that's a result of me watching some Law and Order for a few years. And I had to actually quit. I had to actually quit, and I did quit. And I quit watching ER when I felt like I was becoming a hypochondriac. Well, that's why they do that, though, because they appeal to this thing in you. Go well, ahead. I am thinking, you know, I said, you know, and Tim, of course, he was trying to console me, you know, and, and I said, you know, I think somebody might break in and kill us. And he said, and this is where I'm going with it, he said, why would anybody want to kill us? <laughs> And I, I had to check when he said that. I was like, yeah, you're right. Why would anybody kill us? So in my mind, I'm wondering, why would anybody want to spy on you, David? <laughs> or is it the level of paranoid that they're just spies in general? But well, I do I, like this idea. This is, this is my favorite podcast so far. Cause <laughs> well, and I'm going to go back as you kind of take it at that, continue to take it that direction. Mm -hmm. I do think there's a universal a dimension of that. Why? Because there is a thief, murderer thief, mm -hmm. a killer out there. And he's saying this we're to be aware of that. The devil. We're to know Satan. That. Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To kill, steal, and destroy. And there are those that are under his sway and influence, and they're out mm -hmm. to harm us. And I don't think that's paranoia. Right. I, I don't think that's right. projection. We're to watch and pray. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I think some of that does come from some of the offenses, but who's the author of those offenses? Right. It is the devil. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to be said for that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, though, I do think we have to recognize when and where that appropriate, those, that type of thing is appropriate. And even so, when something comes along to prove to you that though you may have fallen a bit more into the pit than you should have, mm -hmm. you've watched a bit more Law and Order, right, right. you've watched way too many of these assassin movies, mm -hmm. you like Brad Pitt and Alita, Angelina Jolie, which I don't really. I actually have not seen that movie. Can you believe that? That's a famous movie, and I have not seen it. Well, good for you. But it was, I do like spy movies. It was all that great. <laughs> or even so, when neighbors move, come and go, move mm -hmm. in and out of your neighborhood, mm -hmm. there is some degree of caution we should use, or right. at least recognition that if we've fallen into suit too much the pit, or the trap of that, we're going to see the devil in everything mm -hmm. and everyone to the extent or degree that we're going Everybody's to we're going to end up reacting mm -hmm. in likewise measure. Mm -hmm. And whether paranoia is entirely a biochemical phenomenon, whether it is a thought that leads to paranoia, or whether it's implicitly this fight between good and evil, the devil and Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, heaven and hell, our destruction, ultimate destruction, or our salvation, as mm -hmm. with Jesus, mm -hmm. and God and his love for us, our love and hate. I mean, you could look at this, this is like universal core. Right. But I do believe that there has to be a way to know the difference or we're going to end up killing somebody. Now, I'm not going to, I know what you're thinking, I'm not going next door and killing my neighbor, because mm -hmm. I told you that I don't want to get killed. But I might call the police, or we might get a posse, right? You've seen <laughs> those. Even these days. Even these days, oh, neighborhoods yeah. have oh, yeah. vigilante posses. Yeah. Well, they all get together and talk about you behind we your have, back. We have, and well, we're gonna, do you think, well, let's all go together. We'll all go together to the person's house and we'll confront them. You know, maybe they're parking their we car really in the posse, wrong place. But we had a relative that was, um, you know, he said he had been to prison once and he said uh, he didn't care to go back. He said, if you need that taken care of, let me know. Yes. <laughs> Because I think that is, again, some extension of this. Unfortunately, kind this of is... In that. I don't know if I'm supposed to feel reassured see, by that. Now, see, all of this doesn't sound so bizarre anymore, does it? When you get to this point. Because the abnormal really, as we would maybe want to believe it, is really right. more than normal. What are your neighbors doing? Are they right. watching you? Are they right. look? I mean, and all of us at some time or another have been either guilty of that thinking or possibly our neighbor has. 
Yeah, it has done that. They've been spying on us. But it's not this kind of thing, right? So it's real easy to get in that trap. And, and again, depending on how badly you've been bounced over the years mm-hmm. and what you've seen and the culture you've grown up in, whether it was safe or not safe, secure right, or not secure, right. whether you're loved or not loved, and there's all sorts of margin mm-hmm. between those extremes, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. what are the extremes? Again, heaven and hell, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read a passage of scripture. Aren't you glad? <laughs> and then aren't you thinking, you. Are you thinking, well, what does this tie into the Bible? Matthew 26. Anointing at Bethany. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she hath poured or poured this ointment on my body and did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to comment on that. And <laughs> delay that a little bit because I want to get to the spy stuff. And then, as it continues, verse 14. And this was important. I read this. And it's going to be important for the commentary to come. Okay. But for the moment we're in, just trust me. Okay. So that we're going to understand then the betrayal. Verse 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver, and from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Okay. Now, I don't know. Let me go to the first passage I read. I always thought the anointing was on the front end of your ministry. (laughs) Kind of followed into that way of thinking. So they anoint you. They call you forth, or God's called you forth. It's recognizably so. I have been anointed to preach the good news. Um, Isaiah, uh, talking about the suffering servant. But I always thought about that. Yeah. It's like an ordination. It's like being called to ministry. And if you're in a church, or if you've had any sort of experience in a church, that's a big deal. And they want to recognize you, and they want to bring you before the congregation as you're coming from them. And that's your family, so to speak. And they want to not only wish you well, but they want to pray over you, and they want to bless you. And there's an anointing that goes with that. And to the extent or degree that I think that's still true, But this anointing was for Jesus' death. Right. And Mary, the woman with the alabaster box, Mm -hmm. was given up something more than just the oil in the box. She was loving him (laughs) while he was with her. Mm -hmm. It wasn't only going to be a memorial after the fact. You know, we're kind of left with that as subdivision too. You know, we're always celebrating Jesus after the fact. But what was taking place there was Jesus was telling them. She's doing it for now. She's doing it because she loves me. She's doing it in the best way she knows how she's giving not only her material all, the things that otherwise might have meant something of value in a material way, all her great resource that God had blessed her with in material dimension, I say great, I don't know if it's more or less, but it was all that she had, and to her it was the the widow and the might, Mm -hmm. the widow's might. Mm -hmm. It was the last little bit, or the widow and the son and the meal, the oil and the meal. Mm -hmm. She was doing it for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And none of them, I don't think, maybe a few, (laughs) a few disciples, they didn't say all of them, but I get the impression that most of them didn't understand this, including Judas Iscariot. And Jesus had to remind them, she's anointing me for my death. Now, we could probably go down that path a bit further, and we probably will before the podcast's over, because there is even a greater ministry ahead of us than what we have in this material world. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line of whatever that discussion might look like here to come. 
But they didn't know that because Jesus was still with them. And they didn't understand that in personal, relatably so, in personal dimension. And so they were still thinking of things more materially speaking. And with that then, Jesus said, you don't get this. This is for my burial, which really means, as I just got through saying, for his next phase of ministry, our next phase of ministry, whatever it might be. But in their, I guess, place, where they were, state of mind, in their paranoia, and their being offended, and their, and these are neighbors. I mean, these are people that they hung out with. Bethany was like their next door neighbor. They knew them fairly well, right? Even more so than the neighbor I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast that just moved in. We, I don't know them. I mean, I have tried to run the background check. I think that's what they call it. I have a friend who works. No, I, you know, I'm being wow. over the top. But they knew them. And they still got it wrong. And not only did they get it wrong, but they got it wrong to the extent of degree that I believe this is the very thing that God used to free Jesus to complete his next ministry or next phase of ministry or the next phase of what Christ had come for. And I don't want to minimize that, but I want to speak of it again in somewhat relatable terms. It wasn't going to be over with his death. Mm-hmm. Although certainly there's loss and remorse and the value and all of that. That's important to recognize that they were going to lose Jesus and that Jesus paid the ultimate price. But I always thought about anointing on the beginning, but I guess in some ways it is the beginning. But in this case, the anointing was really to signify the end of his material, at least in that moment, Mm -hmm. and the beginning of something incredibly different and new. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. um, I was looking for the other gospel account of that, and I found it in Luke 7, um, starting in verse 36. But that anointing, and the Pharisees also want to point out, also had thoughts as did the people. You used to mention the neighbors. I heard a beautiful illustration about this story, and I never really realized that. I haven't, I've studied this, but I don't know that I remember hearing that um, as they were, you know, they're reclining and they're laying on their pillows while they're eating and things, but the people could come, the public could come and sort of, here, you know, stand outside and, and sort of see through windows or whatever, but they could be a witness to this. So there's there's a crowds of people that may be seeing all the all of this. So when she did this, then it wasn't just, you know, some you know, in the corner of somebody's house. It was a public anointing that people that everybody, you know, because when you get down after Jesus um, you know, talks to them because the Pharisees, you know, um, Simon, they, you know, he has those thoughts. Of course, Jesus, you know, can read his mind and tell, tells, you know, ask the question, you know, why haven't you done those things? Well, then the other guests start saying, well, who is this? In verse 49, who is this that even forgives sins? So this anointing was really sort of a, another public, I'm thinking another Cana, in Galilee, you know, the water and the wine. This is another sort of, I don't want to say landmark, but it's another mark in his ministry that's sort of, would you say, the beginning of the end? I mean... Well, but yes, I love how you put that because it is the beginning of the end, which is the beginning. And that's the idea. Is right. it never... It's like no, a paradox. Yeah, I get, well, it's a paradox. And maybe in that sort of way, the way we try to comprehend it. It's like, I was trying to say about the good and the evil at the beginning. It's like my neighbor. I've got two ways in my mind to go with this thing. Either they're good or they're bad. Mm-hmm. It's because at this point, they've really not come to shake my hand. <laughs> or I've not gone well, and knocked at, right, knocked at their <laughs> door and said, Hi, I'm your new neighbor. They already know you. They don't yeah, need to we shake didn't bring them, We didn't bring them the, the food plate. That you know you get uh, when you're new to the neighborhood. Welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Don't eat it if they bring you something. But it might be poison. I think the paradox, it seems paradoxical to us, and I think you're right. I think that's part of the podcast, or at least what was going through my mind and in my heart as I was trying to consider what we would talk about today on the podcast, is that we tend to measure things in those terms. Why? Because that's the way we see things materially. Mm-hmm. In binary terms. We've already discussed that. I won't go into a lot of that, but that's how you learn. You learn by contrast. That's the essential element of science. Is it this? No, it's that. And it's opposing. 
And we have to appreciate that that's going <laughs> to works, but it takes a while to get to the fine, finer details, and then maybe it never works completely, except that you would know the finest of details, and you never really know as much as everything, know. because they're neighbors, right. and they're living in their house, and they're really not coming out, and you never see them, so you really don't know everything, and you're left to try to fill in the gap. Mm -hmm. So I think you're right about that. But what I want to say for the sake of certainly the anointing, and that could be a podcast in of itself, mm -hmm. But this is not the end of Jesus' ministry, nor right. would it be the end of the disciples. But this would be an important part. And the anointing is always, that's what I want to say. It's at the beginning, it's at the end, but it's always, there's always an anointing. There's always the Holy Spirit. There's all, but we don't see it that way. We see it in these beginning and ending sort of mm -hmm. terms. Mm -hmm. But when you start to look at it that way too much, you get into the paranoia. Because mm -hmm. then you start to measure everything by yeah. how hard or difficult or why did it's you do one this? one or zero. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. X's the matrix. Ones or zeros. <laughs> X's or O's. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go to the previous chapter, Matthew 25, verse 31. The judgment. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all of the holy angels with them, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as dividing shepherd divideth, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. This is that principle we're talking about. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was and hungered, and you gave me meat, and I was thirsty, and you gave me drink, and I was a stranger, and you took me in naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. And I was a stranger." Like my neighbor. <laughs> and you took me not in naked, and you clothed me not sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, and were in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. We think dichotomously. We think paradoxically. But we're human. And, and certainly Jesus, being who he was, the Messiah who was in that role as God had given it to him mm -hmm. to come to save all of us, past, present, future, mm -hmm. all of us that would otherwise receive the word, the living word, would accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. I don't know that the disciples really still were understanding it all. And then sometimes even in today's context, I don't understand it all. And all the things that people have done to me could come out of my neighbor. And I've got to stop that. Mm -hmm. I've got to recognize when I'm starting to get into that way of thinking. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of today's podcast and for the anointing and Bethany. And Bethany was. It was public. But Bethany is kind of a smaller community. It wasn't like being certainly in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Right? It wasn't with all of that. It was a bit of a walk away. Mm -hmm. And it was a chance for Jesus to hang out with some people and mm -hmm. get away from the press and all of that. But here Jesus is saying in a very clear dimension, um, if you don't take care of these people, if you don't feed them, if you don't take care of them, if you don't sacrifice yourself, mm -hmm. if you don't break your alabaster box and pour forth the ointment upon those that otherwise are needy, or take that, and, and I should say it that way because that's what Mary did, but opposing is what I'm mm -hmm. trying to get to. They were thinking, well, we should just sell this. And we should get the money from it. We should go feed the poor. We could certainly use this for a lot of other causes and reasons besides this. And, and though even as I presented it, 
it gets kind of twisted even in my mind presenting it. It's the notion, though, of, well, which is it? Are we going to sell everything we have, give it to the poor? Or are we going to take the money and somehow spend it in a maybe seemingly a somewhat of a personal dimension? It was nothing more personal for her than to anoint Jesus and to love him. And maybe that's what it's really talking about is love. Are we going to love that person that we really love, that loves us back? Or are we going to love our stranger, the stranger? Are we going to feed the people that you know, really would be willing to feed us and take care of us? Or are we going to feed the people that otherwise couldn't feed us? They might be willing to, but they don't have the resource. How do you measure that? How do you just say, well, me and my own, or even as the disciples and Judas watched that, listened? I mean, this was in 25. The anointing in Bethany was in 26, so I'm thinking a chronological order of some sorts here. Jesus had said, no, don't keep it for yourself. Sell it. Take it and give it to the poor. Do something with it. And in 26, I think they saw that in a little bit of a paradoxical, contradictory sort of way. No, he's taken this stuff for himself. We should sell it. We should take the alabaster box of oil, get the money, and do something great with it. I'll catch you right in the middle of your well, research. Well, <clears throat> I want to go back to Luke. <laughs> Only because, it, you know, he does a little bit more detail, and I... I like that um, because in Matthew it talks about the disciples, you know, sort of question that. Um, and then when we go to Luke, if I can find it, um, we see that the Pharisee who invited him, Simon, you know, had that question. And then he gives that little story. And I think it. I think that's the answer to your question, or at least in my mind, it depends on the person. Because he says, you've judged correctly. Which one of them will love him more? The one who had the bigger debt forgiven. Okay, and he says, you see this woman, and he explains all the things that she did. You did not do all these things, but she did this. Her many sins have been forgiven. In verse 47, as her great love has shown, whoever's been forgiven little loves little, and he, he tells her her sins are forgiven. But... I say that not because we all hasn't, haven't been forgiving, but I think it's, it's so individualized and so personalized that it depends on where we are in our relationship with Him as to, you know, if we want to go and sell everything and give it to poor, that's, that's great. But if we want to break that jar and, and pour it on His feet, that that's also great. And I do not disagree and appreciate the context of the Luke. Mm-hmm. But I also want to say this. When is it wrong to pour oil on the feet of Jesus? Well, right. Exactly. And, that, and, that, and I'm so, just saying that. I'm so that, saying they're both right. Yeah. But, and I, I agree with you on that. But I could go down that trail and try to figure out if my neighbor's a good person or not mm-hmm. without knowing any more about him. Mm-hmm. Or I could say, well, he's my neighbor. He's in my neighborhood. Maybe it's a neighbor I know. And they really, at times, I thought they'd been looking in my windows. Or I thought they'd been doing something. And I was oh, no. Like Tim said, mm-hmm. oh, who's going to come kill you? Mm-hmm. But the only way I think you're going to clear that up, because you're not going to know all that. Mm-hmm. There's no way you could judge that right. at that level. You can right. try, and I think some of that is why God gave us a brain. Right. But we won't know for sure. But the, but the one thing I do know for sure is, mm-hmm. if Jesus is there, pour the oil on Jesus' feet, because if you don't, then whatever measure of your giving or not giving, as you've described it, Mm -hmm. can't be anointed. That's the call. You can be called to service. You can come out of your own head. You can try to think it out. You can try to look it through the scripture. You can do your your comparison. Mm Comparative Gospels. You can, and, and I'm not saying that's wrong. It all adds depth. And right. Luke is very factual. Mm-hmm. He's probably one of the, because he was a physician, mm-hmm. the very most factual mm-hmm. of the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Precise. Mm-hmm. But even Luke is not going to capture it all. And I right. do believe the sequencing of it well, is important. Can. Yeah. But the, but the notion of it is, is that, that you can be a Pharisee, you can be a pauper, or whatever the equivalent, beggar, mm-hmm. I guess it would be. You could be a disciple, you could not be a disciple, mm-hmm. you could be a heathen. Mm-hmm. 
but you're only going to get it straightened out if you understand and come to terms, all of us, whatever we start with, mm -hmm. wherever we end up or where we are along the way in the moment that we're in, mm -hmm. it's only going to be straightened up by pouring your oil mm -hmm. out upon Jesus. And may I, for the sake of just again, thoroughness, in 25, it also speaks of your talents. And we've discussed that on the podcast. We'll probably discuss it in other contexts. We'll never run out of things to say, but we'll always keep saying the same thing. It's kind of a, it's a paradox Jesus. in itself. Mm -hmm. But, you know, your talents. The, the five was better than, what, the three or the two, and which was definitely better than the one that buried it in the, the dirt. Mm -hmm. And it's always a multiplication effect, but that's, again, more materially defined. We want something that isn't materially defined. We want something that's spiritually sound and will always be a good compass for us, or at least serve in that capacity of directing us, guiding us. We want the Word, living Word, in us. They were not quite there yet. And I think Judas, as much as I read that part about the betrayal, and we've all got some of that in us, mm -hmm. I could call the police, I'm a neighbor, and then find out they're really nice folk. You know, they work, I could even find out they work in the same building I work at. Or they really are just from a different part of the country, they really don't know anybody, or they have these really odd hours. You know, we've heard that story. You know, you, you accuse them, and then you really find, oh, they're really nice folks. But my point is, if we can't go to Jesus and recognize that first and foremost, and that's the calling, mm -hmm. and really it's us being anointed, but more so it's us anointing Jesus, mm -hmm. and out of that, then He anoints. He gets to tell us, mm -hmm. casting our crowns upon toward Jesus, the feet of Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, our talents. Mm -hmm. He gets to decide where they go. Through the Holy Spirit, through the guidance and direction, through that voice. Well, and I think you're absolutely right. And it made me think of Mary and Martha about Mary choosing, you know, Jesus at that moment. And if we can choose Jesus at that moment, that's what we should do first. I totally agree. And the fact that he's getting ready to leave them and sort of preparing them, talking about, you know, doing this to a stranger and, you know, not helping in this way and, and sort of making them think about outside of themselves and outside of even him. Because he knew, of course he had told them, but they didn't quite get it all, that he was getting ready to leave. And these are things that they, to prepare, to anoint him, but I think then I think almost that's a preparation for them to get ready to go out and to anoint others, to you know, to take care of others. Uh, I'm with you. The the sequence of that I think is important because after that, you know, his death is coming up, and so I think it's important to sort of note that that he's going to tell them, look, this is like you said. We have to go to him first, but of course, when we serve him, like he said, then we're when we serve the least of these, then we're serving him. So it's not like we're totally not doing anything for Jesus as far as helping him, but it just won't be in the physical form anymore. It'll be spiritual, but we're still serving him. Does that make sense? It does. And then <laughs> this is this is why we can't head. all squeeze it into a podcast. Everything. I want to give it all. I, I've said that before. I want to read it all. I just want to sit down and mm -hmm. let's just read it all. Mm -hmm. And we should. But the podcast isn't the time or place to do that because we have a very limited amount of minutes at time. But I'm going to go to 25, the 10 virgins, the oil in their lamp, and then the ones that made sure that they brought oil with them when the time came to use the oil or pour it forth, they knew exactly when to do it. The time, the, those that did not... And they go and buy it. Where are you going to buy the oil? Especially if you're going to this kind of oil. You can't buy this kind of oil. I think Judas recognized, came to realize, you can't buy this kind of oil. You can't, this is not transactional stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a transactional dimension of material life, but this is not it. Mm -hmm. This is not transactional stuff. This is, as we said earlier, this is love. It's got a material representation for where your heart is, there, where your money is, or whatever. Right. There's your heart, or where your heart is. That's where your resources, sh mm -hmm. yeah, should be. I, don't, I didn't say that right, but 
You get the, you get yeah. the message. Mm-hmm. So, I do believe that Judas betrayed Jesus. But I think we all do to some extent, depending on how far to those extremes we go. And I do believe it's a matter of heaven and hell. And I do believe that there are missed opportunities. And if you miss them, it's in the moment you've missed them when the realization, there's definitely weeping and gnawing mm-hmm. of teeth. But, do, you know, it's like material life, though. That's a material sort of relatable sort of way to describe that, that regret and remorse and the hurt and the harm. Mm-hmm. You know, I call the police. They come over as if they would. They yeah. bang down the door, and then we find out I was stupid. <laughs> It's just paranoid. Oh, I'm so sorry that I feel so foolish. And, you know, but he stopped. You know, I could justify it, but I'm not going to. You know, most people will, uh, you know, learn from that. Mm -hmm. Unless they've got some sort of behavioral health and mental health condition that otherwise precludes them from that. Most people will learn from that. And, And with that, you start to listen to the Holy Spirit better as a Christian and follow his lead. But the idea, though, of how do I understand or relate to Jesus? And in the moment I'm in, the only thing right now, the only thing I can do is his love. Mm -hmm. Because he's not here. Not in material form. And I think that's what he was preparing the disciples for. I think that was instructional. Mm -hmm. I think keep the oil in your lamp. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you understand this is how you do it. But there is an exemption or exception. Being selfish, especially when it comes to Jesus, we said is not. Pour the oil on him. Give him your all. Mm -hmm. But in that same sort of a way, it seems a bit selfish when the two great commandments say, to know there is but one God and love him with all that heart, mind, soul, and spirit, same thing, and then love others. It's never selfish for you to want the love of Jesus or the love of God. And that's coveted. Now, is it money? You know, I don't think it's money or is it material resource? I don't think that it's material resource in the sense that that's what we want. But I do think that there are things that God wants us to do with the material resource that we have. Mm-hmm. And it, it would be a great notion to be able to sell everything you have, give to the poor and follow or chase after him. But I don't know that it is as simple. I think one day, we talked about this the other day. You and I chatted about this all fair. One day when we die, it's going to happen. And maybe that's also part of this, is one day when you pass on, it's going to happen. And don't be too much against that. And don't look at that as a failure. And, and, you know, you have to somehow shift that gear or you're not going to exit well. And maybe if you don't exit well, maybe you then condemn yourself to eternal dimension of hell. You know, whatever you've known on earth, if you can't make that paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. You're going to experience that in the hereafter because you've never had it. You've never experienced. You never claimed it. You never owned it. You never. So any kind of conscious awareness of it, whatever that's worth in the hereafter. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's another podcast. Mm-hmm. You know who are we in the hereafter? Do we lose all identity? You have to take that with you when you go. But I think when you're here, this is what it comes down to. You have to have that covet that time and that relationship with Christ in that way. Lest you get caught up in not all, only all the disciples kind of thinking, Mm -hmm. but there was one that was most vulnerable, that was identifiably so, going to think Jesus was a charlatan, that Jesus was no better than the rest of them, that Jesus was going to take the material resource and use it for himself, that he was going to set himself up in his house, and his home, and he's going to buy the political influence, and mm-hmm. he was going to be able to have the garments, and he was going to have the title, and he was going to have all these things that go with just that paradoxical, that binary way of thinking, good and evil, that goes with the angel of light, the devil. And look how beautiful I am. And look how That's not what Jesus was about. But at that moment, I don't think, particularly for Judas Iscariot, I don't think he knew. I think he was just like me and my neighbor. He was operating off of some bizarre sort of concocted sort of thing that he had put together. Should he have known better? I mean, certainly he was taught. But like you said, coming to Jesus, that's the individual thing. Releasing it all to Jesus, that's the individual thing. Some of it is our will. 
But even if I'm willing to give it all to Christ and sell it all and give it to the poor, I don't know that that's my calling right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it isn't, and I'm not saying that it won't ever be, because Jesus obviously says, if you don't do it for these, you've right. not done it for me. So there's going to be a Which measure is not of that. utterly specific, because we have some lenient or, you know, some freedom there in what that looks like. Would you agree with that? I mean... There's a lot of liberty there for yeah, to be different to, for everyone. We get to, yes, because we get to decide what who is that least of these. Who is that person that needs clothes? Or I who don't, is that? How do you do that, though? Well, I think you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's it. You have to. You have to. You, I mean, it can't be our eyes and our wisdom because that's faulty. She did that. Out, Mary did that out of her love for Christ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She didn't think about any of this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we do, whether it's a good thing or bad thing. I, I enjoy doing it with you. But we're like dissecting it and analyzing it. Right. We're, and I don't know that I want to chase after a bizarre perspective just to get a different perspective on it. Mm-hmm. But I want to uh, turn over any rock and every rock. But I'll never know the entirety. Right. But in, in her love for Christ, mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't a decision. Mm-hmm. And I think in the same sort of way, in Judas Iscariot's... I, I think he had love for Jesus. I don't. He's with him three years. Yes, I just think that in the moment he was in, all of the offenses flooded back into his mind. All of the reasons any of us might universally, you said at the beginning, come to a state of paranoia, mm-hmm. think the world's out to get us, mm-hmm. including our neighbors, or maybe my neighbor is an assassin. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can take that to an extreme. But at any moment, any of us could do that, and Judas just happened to be in the moment, and he didn't understand Jesus because all he had seen of Jesus was the material because the resurrection as in spirit and and then the day of Pentecost and the true anointing had not really manifested. Jesus was trying to tell him about the anointing. Right. It was the, He was there. Holy Spirit was already there. We've said that before, contextually, other podcasts. But they had not yet come to owning that themselves. Mm-hmm. And where do you and your course of your life come to that? I don't know. Probably the sooner the better. And if it's later, you might make continue to make a, lot of mis- make a lot of mistakes along the way. But thank God, literally so, that that doesn't keep him from redistributing whatever. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's redistributed because he's already given everything we need. Mm-hmm. He just moves it around to help the people that need it in the time they need it. Even if we don't understand who to give it to or not give it to. Right. When the moment strikes, be merry. When Jesus passes by, Mm -hmm. be merry. Mm -hmm. Spend time at his feet. Break the alabaster box. Mm -hmm. Don't think about it in material terms Mm -hmm. or you'll never do it. Right. You, the analysis, paralysis of analysis. Yes. Analysis, paralysis. Yes. Analysis of paralysis. Mm-hmm. Yes, which I've been guilty of. And I've just discovered to go ahead and just break it. Because if I wait for, you know, my own investigation to be complete. You see what I did there? If I wait for, if I wait for my own thought processes to process that out, there's no end. There's no, it will just be a cycle of mm, physicality, of, you know, binary. It'll just, it will swirl. And that's why I just, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to use the year's worth of wages and put it on somebody's feet. But that's sometimes the best thing we can do. So somebody didn't call you up. They called us up. <laughs> and I know that doesn't make any sense because me and you are us. Yeah. But they, they sent you a message saying there's no way in the world that a woman should be teaching oh, yeah. on the radio. Or <laughs> teaching radio, you. But I think they on, thought I on was the, like on the podcast. your instructor or something. <laughs> uh, and, and we used to be on the radio, but on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that's prophetic. Maybe we'll be back on the radio one day. I don't know. I, I think that I always kind of like that idea that at least we could, as much as we might have something to offer, we could offer it in the best way possible. And right. I see that as an avenue. Right. But you could take offense at that, and you could be triggered by that, and you could think of all the people that have ever said anything about not only women, but about you. There's somebody called us up at, uh, my, we've got two entities. We've got a professional, and then we've got the covenants, and covenants is pastoral care, and you don't do the professional. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Because you're not licensed to do the professional. Right. But you are. It's within what we do for you to do the pastoral. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a licensed and ordained minister, and you do that work through covenants, which is not a church. But at the same time, though, it functions in much the same way. Mm-hmm. So when I got it over at the other place, <laughs> my private practice place, uh, it was, you should never charge anybody any money mm. to counsel them in a Christian way. And then getting back to covenants, not to confuse it too much, and of course, I could be triggered, I could be reactive. How dare they say that? They don't know all the things I've been through and da 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 I've just learned, don't go there because it's Judas. They're just in a moment and a place. They've been offended. They've been hurt. And they're struggling to find Mm -hmm. out, you know, who you can trust, who you can't. Mm -hmm. And they're reactively so. But I don't need to be reactive. But it also includes then a little bit more of our off-air discussion the other day. We're going to offer certifications. I believe that, declaratively so. And with that, we're going to offer a life coach Mm -hmm. certification. Uh, through covenants, not through my professional private practice, not in some sort of secular through what we're doing at covenants. Mm-hmm. And to the extent of agree, <laughs> you know, we had a really, I think, a very good, lively discussion about well, why do we need that? Especially since I'm going around and saying, you don't need anybody to sanction you except God. Mm-hmm. And with that, the Holy Spirit, that's your anointing, that's your calling. Right. But I do think sometimes along the way, depending on where people are in their life and what stage they are in their life and where they are in the relationship with Christ, I do believe for the same reason people go to church, attend a church, or for the same reason people become pastors, or there's, as the Apostle Paul set it up, there's order, not only in the church, but in the family, or in the family and then the church. Mm-hmm. He's called, there's different callings of people's lives. Mm-hmm. But to recognize that helps all of us to perform in a transactional sort of way because why? Because we have to. And until it's all said and done, that is how God chooses to move the resources around. Mm-hmm. But it's not at my discretion entirely, your discretion entirely, a churches, a pastors, even at an individuals. It's got to be with the Holy Spirit because only God would know the details. Right. Only God would know what's going on within the house. Next door neighbor. Only God would know what's going on in the heart of a person. Right. Uh, and, and with that, you would show it. With Mary, it was obvious. Mm-hmm. It poured it all out. Mm-hmm. Judas is not so obvious. Mm-hmm. But I can't judge it. You can't judge it. Mm-hmm. We could get into all of that. Well, should you charge? Shouldn't you charge? I mean, they take up offerings to church. We don't take up offerings. We don't do solicitations. We do a fee for service, but we do that because we need that as a resource so that we can do these other things that we do. Mm-hmm. And maybe you say, well, that's wrong. You should never do it that way. Or you should just do it to a church. Okay, I get that that's your bias and that's what you... But I don't know that that's wrong, especially if the Holy Spirit's led you to do it this way. It's like the certifications. Well, this is our discussion. Well, who needs to certify anybody? If God has, mm-hmm. you're right. But at the same time, People need empowerment. That's why we ordain them. That's why we call them forth. That's why we bring them before the church. That's why there's this thing that happened with Simon and with Jesus and with the disciples and with Mary. Because it was needful. There's people who still need to see that in literal context to get the messaging. The process. Yes. It is a process. And it's sanctification, thank you. And it's development. It's Mm -hmm. development first in material sort of way, Old Testament sort of way, transactionally. Mm -hmm. But if you do that properly or if you learn (laughs) how to obey, Mm -hmm. then when the Holy Spirit does speak to you, you're going to know how to obey. But if you don't learn that Mm -hmm. and do it in proper order... Mm -hmm then you're not going to be prepared for the Holy Spirit speaks to you. But you're not going to do it right as God would want it to be unless you can obey the Holy Spirit. You have to hear His voice, mm-hmm. which is what Jesus' next phase of ministry was going to be. He was going to mm-hmm. leave the Holy Spirit. We could go to, I think it's 27, 28, upper room. I think it's mm-hmm. 27, and that's the next one in chapter of Matthew. We could go there, and He's talking about those things. Mm-hmm. I must needs go. Mm-hmm. Leave the Holy Spirit on that. I'll give it to you. Pete, well, I was just thinking... I have thought of Peter many times in our conversation just now, you know, in reference to Judas. 
But Peter didn't, <laughs> Jesus didn't declare him the rock when he called him. He wasn't the rock. Okay, you could say, well, he was, he just wasn't there yet. Okay, I'll give you that much. But he had to go through that process. I mean, even Peter betrayed Jesus. You know, they're like, we're going to pinpoint Judas, but there's also, you know, the opportunity. We all, like you, you said it earlier, we can all go there. We don't have to stay there like Judas did. We can, you know, sort of turn well, back to Christ. I just think he went ahead and did the most logical thing. When you feel like you've betrayed your best friend, when you've hurt the person you love the most, when you've put the knife in and you just know you didn't mean to. And, and I, you, you can, I don't know about you. I can see it coming. The Lord's given me the ability, or I've been paying, I pay enough attention now, I'm sensitive enough. I'm not sensitive enough to stop it. Mm -hmm. I'm sensitive enough to know when it happens. The thing I love the most, I hurt the most. Mm -hmm. Right. I should yes. stop that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. And afterwards, I, oh, wretched man that I am, I should yeah. stop that. I, I can't stop it, Carolyn. But we don't. I try to stop it, but I can't stop it. Right. I can. God warns me. I'm getting better mm -hmm. at the no. It's the process. I but mean, I'll never be able to fully stop it. And were it not for the grace of God, for the love of God and Jesus Christ, or for the forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And all of this that was ahead of Jesus, that he was beginning to show, mm -hmm. demonstrate. He told them about it, but really literally walk mm -hmm. it out Last mm -hmm. with that. Mary, that encounter mm -hmm. with Mary mm -hmm. in Bethany, Simon's house. Uh, until you get to that point where you're really seeing the end, you you just it's all part of the journey. And mm -hmm. and I don't endorse or sanction it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to excuse it. But all I'm right. just saying at any moment I should die. Mm -hmm. At any moment I am guilty of death. And at any moment I should that I do that afterwards. Mm -hmm. I should go to hell. I go to hell. I don't have to, as you point, pointed out, I don't have to stay in hell, but for the love of God in Christ Jesus and the forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Judas just didn't get to the forgiveness part. Yeah. He didn't in a material way. Now, I don't know what happened afterwards because it's in my neighbor's house. I don't know all that went on because right. I wasn't there. Right, exactly. But I'm here and I'm honest enough and I can be truthful enough. Mm -hmm. That I'm not a charlatan. I'm not taking your money so that I can put on all these great-looking robes. I'm not taking your money to build a great platform. I'm not taking, at least not with intention, right. to steal it from you. I, right. I mean, if you come see me in a professional outside of covenants, and mm -hmm. Word House is the private practice, you come see me over there, it's fee for service. Mm -hmm. But I don't only see Christians, I see secular people, but I don't ask any more for tithes and donations right. and contributions over there than we do at Covenants. Mm -hmm. But don't call me up and say I'm a charlatan or mm -hmm. that I'm fleecing the flock. Mm -hmm. I'm delivering the message within the context of what God's given me to deliver, and He's called me to that. Mm -hmm. You may not like it, or that person that called me, you'd probably be okay with it. That person that called me, but the same thing about you and covenants. I know you're called for this time. I know you're a vessel of God. I know you're anointed for the ministry. I know that you're delivering that sincerely, genuinely, out of a heart that's for God and for people. Absolutely. And I'm sorry. Thank I feel you. I feel badly for that person. Mm -hmm. Right. That that did that, and had they known you were taking money. <laughs> Covenants, then we'd have got the double whammy possibly. <laughs> but all I'm trying to say is not justifying what we're doing. I'm just saying you can't judge it except God or the Holy Spirit. And then where do you do, where do you get that? You pour your oil out. Your talents are put into what is Jesus. And mm -hmm. what is Jesus? He's all facets of ministry. Mm -hmm. He's not just one. If you exalt him, if you lift him up, he'll draw everyone unto him. And we can lift him up and draw him from all sorts of places. I've seen people that I just never thought in the world could have any impact on the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And maybe they didn't do much. Maybe they just said God <laughs> right. as real mm -hmm. or Jesus. But it really moves me when I watch somebody on television speak of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Not on Christian television stations, but in a more secular context. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of the widow's might. I mean... 
She had the least offering, I think, that we can read in the <laughs> scriptures. That, I mean, was that fair to say? I'm guessing right now, but she had literally next to nothing, and yet we still talk about her. Yet she's in the scriptures. So, lest we think that it's the smallest thing we could give, or this doesn't really matter. Even the disciples, I, I just think about, you know, Philip and. You know, he doubted. Of course, we think of Thomas, doubting Thomas. But Philip, you know, they all had, they weren't perfect, even though they spent three years with him and lived with him and walked with him and saw the miracles. Yet, even in the end, they still struggled. So I feel like, you know, we, it, I'm glad I said that word process because I feel like it is a process. We don't always, like you said, we don't always listen, but we're learning to listen better. And that's what I talk to people at Covenants about is hearing, listening, but learning to do it quicker and learning to do it better. And that's, that's a big part of it. Well, and for me, mm-hmm. covenant, <laughs> covenants is Bethany. I can come to covenants and I can talk about anything that's Christian. I can talk about everything Christian. I can talk about Jesus. I can do what we do on the podcast. But over at the private practice, I don't get that benefit because I don't promote it that way. I don't go out and say it. I disclose I'm a Christian. I think that's the right thing to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, my ministry is not necessarily only toward Christianity. My ministry is to help, or at least in the sense of what we do on this, on what is covenant specialized special care yeah. and covenants. We have that great liberty, as you called it mm-hmm. earlier. I am helping them in the process. I am always bringing them to what they need in terms of an understanding that the futility of the material answers. And with that then, setting up the question, what are you going to do with your life? You know, Have you thought about all options? Some people don't even want to go spiritual. But I do another podcast called Word. And I'm doing a lot, a series, on trans and trans kids. And I didn't mention Jesus once in that. I didn't mention God once. I did not mention the Bible once. But I mentioned truth. I mentioned lies. I mentioned the fact that we shouldn't go around selling people on notions that aren't provable, that aren't empirically valid or established. I didn't say, cursed are they that are trans. Even though I think in the end, that's not going to be the answer ever but should even should even you never get past being trans if you're a christian that's the answer and so even within that context i don't want to go around promoting things that we know to everybody selling even people who might not be trans that they should go try it you'll like it Mm -hmm. you know like the old commercial Mm -hmm. no i'm not going to do that but at the same time i want them to realize the futility of trying to chase those things down. Why how can I say that? Because in the end, when you die, and when you face your next phase, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because it only matters while you're alive here. Right. It does, in that sense, then matter to other people around you. But if you try to make your whole existence, your whole being, your whole success, your whole life, your whole purpose, your whole meaning, celebrate whatever there is to celebrate only in transactional material terms, you're going to come up always empty. Why? Because you're going to die and none of that matters. Right, exactly. But I promote that, health and mm-hmm. coming to truth and such and but a lot of people I'm sure if they were to hear me speak of those things on word and they may have because <laughs> when you put my name in the Google search you're going to probably pick up both podcasts I would ask them to at least give consideration who am I ministering to you know, I think of myself in somewhat context right. as the Apostle Paul. Right. I'm all things to all people so that I might win them over to Christ, which doesn't mean I think everything is good. Mm-hmm. You, um, everything is permissible, but I don't really expedient. Right. But I keep bringing them to the truth, mm-hmm. empirically so, mm-hmm. because that's what the Old Testament does. You just keep bringing them to the truth. Is it working? Right. Are you satisfied? Right. Do you have meaning and purpose in your life? Are you loving people? Mm-hmm. Are you? Do you think your neighbors are spies? or assassins you know is the whole world dark mm-hmm. have you given up hope have you fallen so much into the pit that you can't see the light of day any longer mm-hmm. are you killing people whether it's literally or with your thoughts yeah are you unfortunately 
trying to create division mm -hmm. between sheep and coach just for the sake of you claiming that you're a sheep? Are you constantly living in some sort of binary absolute mm -hmm. that doesn't take into account, as you've been saying, no, everybody, no one's in exactly the same place. Everybody's in a particular unique place mm -hmm. and they're coming to Jesus and they're serving Christ. Right. But that's God's way. Exactly. And I, what makes me sad when you were just speaking of those things is I have people like that in my family and my heart just hurts for them because they're believing this lie. But I use, I've mentioned it on our podcast before and I don't know if it's just ingrained in me now. I don't know. I believe God gave it to me, but I just believe it, not just because he gave it to me, but I use this path a lot. And I, I don't know where that came from, but I use it a lot. And the thing of it is, it's, it's the same, it's one path, okay? We're following Christ. He knows the way, okay? So there's no question about that. However, some people have been on this path longer. And so they may have a different perspective of it. And the beautiful thing is, is they can say, hey, there's some, um, you know, roots sticking up there, roots. And there's some, you know, stones here, whatever. Be careful, you know. They can look back and say, you know, watch this. Be careful. You know, you might get hurt. You might fall down. But if you do, Jesus, I am here to help you up. But I love the idea of the path because people, like you said, they're, <laughs> they've had so many different experiences and everybody's is different. But we're all on the same path. And so, you know, I, I feel, and okay, I don't want our listeners to be confused. If you're following Christ, you're on a path following Him. If you don't know Christ, He wants you to be on that path with Him. Okay, so I want to clarify that. But I, I use that a lot, and it seems to really people respond to that. Um, because, not just because I'm a visual person, but because they see that you know, they don't, they don't always know what's up ahead. They don't know what, you know, what lies and, and these side paths that look interesting off to the side and, you know, they want to go out that way. And, and Christ is like, no, you just need to stay here and follow me. And so when people come, on, come along the path and they start to question, and like I, you know, said, there's even people in my family that don't understand. Well, why are we going this way? We, you know, last time I tried to do this, I got hurt. I fell down. I broke a leg. Maybe it's really a large hurt in their life. But that doesn't mean that, you know, it's always going to be easy. But I, I like to use that path when people come to see covenants. And I wanted to share that because I feel like that um, no matter where you've kind of come from, we can still follow him and, and feel safe. But also to know that if something, if we do stumble, that he's there to pick us up. And, and the beautiful thing is, is that there's others in front of us, behind us, that are helping us also. So, And that's what I feel like I do at Covenants. And, you know, that wasn't a plug for Covenants. But I just want people to kind of understand that, you know, I do recognize, maybe not so much in, as much as you and your professional in the office, that people are coming at it from all different angles. And they're believing all different lies. And I get that. So well, that and, you know. and there is no, no sin, mistake, mm -hmm. that's unpardonable except that you would commit the unpardonable and not receive forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But if you receive forgiveness in the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. and with that, then you're uh, accepting, open to, leading, guiding. He will do the leading and guiding. It's the right. same answer. Right. Pour your oil at the feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do when folks come in. But you would counsel a trans person. Mm -hmm. In covenants. Because and, there's and, no and difference. When you're believing a lie, you're believing a lie. It doesn't really matter what lie you're... you're and if you're a Christian especially, and you don't have to be a Christian to come to covenants. Right, exactly. But especially as a Christian, who isn't worthy of hell? If it were not for the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ... If it were not for God's love, as in manifest in Christ, who died, took on our sins, died for us, 
and was in that then forgiveness so that we might have resurrection and then left his Holy Spirit to do this great work that we're talking of. But I'm not going to insert myself. I'm not going to be Absalom at the gate. I'm not going to steal the glory for myself. We glory in the Lord. Right. And should, and that was the conclusion of our conversation the other day, should this be the requirement that we sell everything we have and give to the poor? I want to be there. Mm -hmm. I want to know. Mm -hmm. But I have to do some soul searching. Mm -hmm. Not some. I have to constantly mm -hmm. soul search and allow the Holy Spirit to do that work Daily. in me. Mm -hmm. The piercing, dividing asunder of soul and spirit, join tomorrow as a discerner of the true intent of the heart. Mm -hmm. I have to mm -hmm. so they don't screw it up. Our motives, yes. Because the, I was talking earlier, you always hurt the ones you love. Mm -hmm. Though I would never want to do that, mm -hmm. I know I'm going to do that and I feel so awful. Right. But I'm not going to live in that condemnation right. and then not ever love. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to open up a counseling practice, even as professional, and they say, well, you really can't preach the word Except if they want to. Those people come see me at, at Word House that are Christians. And they come there because they receive that. And they want to use their insurance and right. all that that goes with the more professional dimensions right. of that. But at the same time, though, they come see you. Mm -hmm. And if I'm operating out of covenants, I am so thankful that I can just be at great liberty to share, to mm -hmm. operate in the Holy Spirit. But I operate in the Holy Spirit either place. I just have to be careful what I say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit gives me the words to speak. Right. I don't come up with them in my own mind. Or I, if I don't let him soul, search my soul, mm -hmm. I introspectively, I'll end up making the same errors over and over again. And then in the end, that's the great remorse. That's <laughs> You blew it. You never receive the forgiveness. You never learned from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. You never tried again to do it the better way. And I think with Judas, unfortunately, that's kind of what we see. I don't know that it was justifiable. I'm not trying to justify what he did. I think it was all part of the plan. But is it just Jesus? It's all of us. Mm -hmm. And we are Judas, but we are also Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we know both sides of that. And one day when we move on to our next phase, we can let all that go. Praise the Lord. Yes. <laughs> Carolyn. Yes, sir. Should they want to send you some sort of text message or email or whatever about how lousy of a <laughs> person you are for minister because you're yeah. a woman, yeah. how do they get a hold of you? Or yes. should they want to give us a hard time because we are fee-for-service and yes. that's the way if we finance complain. and we don't beg, borrow <laughs> from others, right. steal yeah. from others. If you have some, some complaints you want to share, please call at 304-528-9220 and you can leave me a voicemail like I had that one time that was a lovely voicemail or somebody with their thoughts on me and covenants unless <laughs> we do not let that bother us because we are working for the Lord not for people per se um, you can email us covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com you can go online covenantsonline.com or check out our Facebook page but definitely subscribe to our podcast what is covenants and I kind of stole your line there but uh, we want our listeners to check out our podcast and also I'll do a little plug for David's podcast word where he goes into a little bit he mentioned trans so that's the hot button topic right now you um, address all type of issues from a more clinical side and throw it's kind of neat we use psychology today articles mm -hmm. which is just generally speaking mostly secular if not entirely and then we just kind of offer we kind of look at them and say well do we believe it do we not believe it is it opinion is it fact Mm -hmm. Just trying to be a good purveyor of the facts right. that are out there. Because we're and in this world. Sort out all the stuff that's right. just propaganda. Exactly. And a lot of political stuff. So, contact us not only if you want to complain, but if you genuinely <laughs> <laughs> think we might be able to help. Hopefully you might and come back and listen to the next podcast, What is Covenants? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry, with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. And in the meantime, be wonderfully blessed.